0: Listening to We Watch Movies. I'm Ava. And I'm Jenna. And we watch movies.
1: Um, so welcome back. Hiatus, it's been a while. Um anyways, we're excited to be back. And this first movie that we've brought to you. For this, I guess you could call this season two of We Watch Movies, um, is West Side Story. Steven Spielberg's 2021 remake. Um, so this movie leading up to it, I was like super excited to see it, but also I was super nervous because for those of you who don't like personally know me, I don't think I've brought this up on the podcast before, so you probably don't know. But I have been obsessed with West Side Story since I was a very little small child. Um I've watched it at least 30 times probably. Um <laughs> and it's it's a healthy addiction, I promise. Um anyways, so when I heard that it was being remade, I was like, okay, if this is bad, I'm going to I'm going to march on up to Hollywood and I'm going to smack them in the face. Um I don't know who in Hollywood I would smack in the face. Um I respect Spielberg too much. Probably Ansel Elgort, but <laughs> uh, that's besides the point. Um, anyways, for those of you who don't know, uh, West Side Story is the musical version of... Um, b- basically, the musical version of Romeo and Juliet, but set in Manhattan and instead of uh, families, it's like, it- it's it's a race battle. With, um, two rival gangs and everything. Um, but it's basically the plot of Romeo and Juliet. Um, so that, that probably gives you a bit of a, a gist on kind of the storyline. Um, and yeah, so, uh, to kick us off, Jenna,
0: tell me, what were your initial reactions? So, I don't have quite the same, uh, visceral attachment to West Side Story <laughs> as you do. And while the original movie has been on my list to watch for a while, I wasn't going to watch it so close to the remake coming out. So I have not seen it. So all of my opinions are really just based off of this new movie that just came out. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. I had some things that weren't my favorites but they were more so nitpicks and I mean it's a good movie
1: yeah it's it's definitely good it, like, like it didn't do anything bad um I am gonna be like subconsciously comparing it a- and consciously comparing it to the original um, because the original is a national treasure um, but I mean the, the original did do some things that weren't that nice too um <laughs> Um and, and and honestly, I'm not that well versed in the like actual musical version, like this the stage production and how that goes. So if I'm talking about changes from like the original, it's probably me just referring to the movie, not the play just to get that out there because I know that's something I'm gonna say. Um But yeah, I mean, I thought this this movie was like really satisfactory for me in how they casted it. Um, for the most part, for the most part. Um, because there are a lot of, like, movie musicals where they, they cast people who are not, like, not not musical theater actors. You know, they'll cast, like, movie stars who, like, can hold a melody. And, and, I, I don't know, they, they, they did kind of do that a little bit with Tony, not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> uh, but... But I thought that, like, everybody else in the cast... I mean, we had three Tony nominees there. We had Rachel Zegler, who's just amazing. And she was an open audition, which was really cool, I thought. Like, this is her, like, breakout performance. Um, and I thought... And, and, I mean, obviously, bringing back Rita Moreno, amazing. I thought just, like, our, our main character cast was just really strong. Um, and, I mean, on the subject of, like, Tony or whatever, I... I'm gonna be honest, I heard- somebody said this in a YouTube comment section, but I just thought it was really eloquently put. Um, cause I mean some people are like very very strong in their hatreds towards Ansel Elgort as Tony, and some people liked him a lot. Um, but this one person said, yes he was the weakest link, but that doesn't make him a weak link, which is true. He could have been woefully bad, there could have been so many other people that could have played Tony, so much worse. And so I appreciate that he didn't suck, but th- it's just, there were moments when he wasn't nearly as good as the rest of the cast, um, and it kind of seemed like he was the, the movie star that needed to get the name recognition out there. Um, but otherwise, really amazing, amazing cast. I loved it.
0: I agree. I think everyone did a really great job and I agree with the casting of Tony. I feel like at that point they probably could have cast someone else because it's not like they had huge names in this movie anyway and it's not like he's like a huge name that would draw Mm -hmm. people in. Like I don't think people were like oh he's in this movie I have to go see it. Like I really don't think that was the case. So at that point, they really could have gotten someone else who could have done a better job, but he did he was fine in in the role. So I that's that that was fine. Um yeah. I I'm not the casting person here. Ava's the professional with that. But I I enjoyed everyone. I thought the girl who played Anita this time around was very good. The person that I saw this movie with she agrees that she was probably the, the best performance.
1: Big, sho- big shoes to fill there. I mean, she's yeah. following up for Rita Moreno, who is absolutely amazing as Anita. So, like, I mean, I guess she did a good job. <laughs> no, she is really good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I thought that the best... Performance in the cast, and a lot of people that I've spoken to have said that the standout steal- scene stealer in this cast was um, Mike Feist as Riff, just in the fact that not just because he was an amazing dancer and an amazing singer, because like everybody in the cast, except for Ansel Elgort, uh <laughs> was a um, was like an amazing dancer and an amazing singer and but he he just had this way of having chemistry with like whoever he was on like on screen with which i think that um anita who's ariana debose i think she also did that i just noticed it more with riff i guess i don't know
0: no i agree he was also very good and i think it was helpful both who they cast as riff and who they cast as bernardo i think they were both very good in their roles and it helped get the audience invested in the, you know, the other conflict going on in this story beyond just Maria and Tony falling in love to it, and it helped like set some of the more tragic themes of the story into motion because you actually felt something for these two rival characters almost. Oh my god, yeah,
1: and and like spoilers, but I mean I already told you this is Romeo and Juliet. Um, Riff is Mercutio and Bernardo is Tybalt. You know how their story ends. Um, so in the original movie, uh, same thing with Tony, he's Romeo, he goes, you know, um, (laughs) but in the original movie, that was, so the original was the first movie that like made me cry, right, and it was because of, it was because I've been a hopeless romantic since I was a child, um, (laughs) and that was at Tony's death scene at the end, um, but this time, the one that almost got me. I felt things when Riff died this time, and nothing when Tony died, and about the same when Bernardo died. But also in Bernardo's defense, they did make it really quick in this in this movie. So he didn't really have much like acting to do in his death or whatever. Um So it definitely did I, I did I did feel more connected to Riff and Bernardo in this one um, because they did one of the things that they tried to do also it is just in sharks in general um, for this movie they tried to give the sharks more screen time because the original was very like white centric <laughs> and the sharks barely appeared ever on screen except for like America and stuff and so they tried to do more for them this time around and one of the best things that I think they did is they they gave Maria and Bernardo some more interaction on screen which you didn't really get in the original um, like you got a couple of scenes with them together but like that's it and if you're trying to build up like the relationship of a brother and sister it's nice to get them interacting a couple times um, but yeah I, I, I don't know it, it's like it's like they built more relationship between Maria and Bernardo But then, like, Maria was less, less upset when he died (laughs) than she was in the original, which I thought was kind of
0: weird. Yeah, I don't know. There were some interesting emotional responses going on in this movie. So, who knows?
1: I mean, you know that, you know that, like, that meme that's like, oh no, anyways... (laughs) Um, that, that was kind of how Maria behaved in this one. Because, so, in, in the story, when she finds out that her brother's dead, she, like, goes and, she goes home and starts praying, and then Tony comes in through her window, and she's like, eh, you're such a murderer, and then, and then, um, in the original, he's like, um, he's like, I'm really sorry, I just, like, had an emotional outburst, because Bernardo killed Riff, and Maria knows that Riff is like a brother to Tony. um, So she knows that he's probably feeling the same way that she was. So that made a little bit more sense as to why she like allowed herself to still love him in that scene. But in this version, he didn't say anything. He was just like, oh, I'm going to go turn myself into the cops, which he said in both versions. But that's all he said in this one. And she was like, "Okay, never." she was like, no, no, don't let them take you away from me. And I was like, honey, honey, he didn't even, you don't even know that your brother killed anybody in this one. And you're like, immediately like letting him off the hook. I mean, like, like I cared more about Bernardo than she
0: did. (laughs) 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 Uh, Oh my God. That's (laughs) brutal. And Um, I I think this is a fitting place to just. Just gonna slide this into the conversation here and if you want to comment on it you can but uh Gino. chino <laughs> um <laughs> so
1: one of the things that we were both kind of agree uh, uh, in agreement on about um ansel elgort's per um elgort's performance As Tony was that there were moments when he just fell flat not in his singing in his acting and well I mean sometimes in his singing let's be honest but in his acting specifically and that was um, the most notable part was at the end he found out that or he heard rumor has it Chino is out with a gun looking for Tony but rumor has it that he's already killed Maria oh no how sad. Oh my gosh, I'm Tony. Guess I'll die. Um, And so he starts going out into the streets and screaming for Chino to come and kill him because he just can't go on without Maria. Um, and that you would expect to be a really like emotionally passionate scene packed with like feeling and stuff, which I feel like it is in the original. But in this one, <laughs> Tony goes out and he goes, Gino, kill me. <laughs> I mean, not that verbatim, obviously. It's but pretty like, close. It it's pre- yeah, it's pretty close. I remember sitting in the theater like, what? It, do you even? What? Like, why? Why don't you have any like gumption? You're screaming for somebody to come and kill you because you're that heartbroken, and and it's, you're like. Gino, kill me,
0: Gino. Like, <laughs> well, the first time he, he did it, I was like, okay, he's just, he, he's a little numb. And then, like, the next time he's gonna, like, scream, and it's gonna be, like, really heartbroken. But then he just did it again, made me a little louder. And I was like, Tony, you're you're at a, you're allowed some emotion. You know that, right? Like, let, let the man have an emotion, please. But he, he didn't do that.
1: Like, I mean... We got more emotion from Maria when Bernardo died. <laughs> and she kind of tossed him away like used tissue. So like um I mean like I got the most emotion in this movie from Anita and from once again from Riff. those are the people I got the the best like emotions from you know, Anita after she finds out about Bernardo because also they have this scene where she had to go identify the body. Which was interesting. I had never... Like, that wasn't in the original... I don't think that's in the stage performance. Um, so that was, like, purely a choice. They were like, we need to have her go see his dead body. And I think that was, like... I think that ma- should have made her even more unforgiving of... um Of Maria being with Tony. Because, um, like, she forgave her. And, and I'm like... Honey, you just saw... Your basically husband murdered. <laughs> and just... I mean, I I don't know, but like, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's Romeo and Juliet. You gotta suspend your disbelief a little bit. I'm 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 guilty, um, but yeah, no, that was a really good scene. And then you know they have that part in at the Rumble with Riff. I mean, of course, his death scene was very impactful, but there's this one part he's like talking to Tony and he's like, You're breaking my heart and stuff. And it's like, I don't know, because I feel like they don't, Riff doesn't really let himself feel emotions, right? And then when he does, it's just like anger, because he's just a an very angry person and a deeply, deeply troubled individual. And I liked that that was able to come through a couple times. Um, And yeah, so I I think that uh, Ansel should have been taking some notes from his uh, greater castmates. (laughs) Um, And yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't really have anything to comment on that.
1: Okay, but like... So... Rachel Zegler was fine as Maria. She had a great voice. I feel like...
0: She didn't do anything special.
1: Yeah. But she got nominated for a Golden Globe. And Ariana DeBose got nominated for a Golden Globe. Which probably deserved. But Mike Feist did not. And I'm very annoyed about this. Because, like, no. I did not see the other movies of the other performances that were nominated. But I'm gonna be... Um, a hypocrite, or whatever it is that I'm being right now, because I'm not educated enough to say this, but I think that he deserves it more.
0: You're being biased.
1: (laughs) Biased, yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I thought that his performance was Golden Globe nomination worthy, and I guess the rest of the world didn't, and I'm like, okay, if Anita was worthy... Riff was worthy. That's how I thought of it. Because literally, it's not just me. It's like all of like all of the reviews that at least that I've like actually taken the time to read and watch on YouTube and what other people have said to me, they all have seen him as like a standout. And I'm like, well, what everybody thinks that one' particular person is a standout in a cast, who are you nominating?
0: Hmm? Not who are that you nominating? Person. What? Not that person. Ugh. But
1: stupid. Dum 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 dum. Annoying. Anyways, um,
0: <laughs> Jenna, what do you think of the soundtrack? So, I have not listened to the new soundtrack after I watched the movie. However, I have been listening to the original movie soundtrack and i'll get to that but i i mean obviously the soundtrack in this movie was good as we commented before all of the singers were at worst like they, they were good but they, they were all like pretty great singers i i don't really know how to measure that because i'm not a great singer but they were all really good but the thing that was really interesting to me was that well, obviously they kept the movie pretty faithful, so most of the songs were essentially the same. They didn't make that many changes, and I think most of the changes they did make were just like for plotting the movie around or and maybe tweaking a couple lyrics that would have been a little off being mm-hmm. a, a lyric in today's world, but even then, it's not many times they did that, and, and there were a couple ones that I'm surprised they didn't. But the thing that was really interesting to me was that the original composer for the film and maybe the Broadway show was Leonard Bernstein. And I was sitting there in the theater and I was like, wow, this really is a Leonard Bernstein score because like you can tell he has a very distinctive style. And I had an embarrassingly long period of time during the deep quarantine where all I listened to was Overture to a by him. Um, we don't need to talk about that. I don't have a Spotify wrapped from that year for that reason. Moving on. <laughs> but the whole time I was sitting there, I was like, this is really interesting because obviously they didn't use like the exact same like score from the original movie. That wouldn't make any sense. So I like i I don't know a whole lot on the process of what they did, but nor can I remember who the composer for the twenty twenty-one film is. I should probably know that but off the top of my head I can't think of it. But he arranged the original score by Bernstein and the I think it's the New York Philharmonic Orchestra did like recorded it. So the score is very good, but it's really interesting how similar it is to the original. Like they were very faithful, which I think is a good thing when you're working with something that is West Side Story. But it was just, it was kind of strange too, just to hear something that sounded the way it does because movie soundtracks don't really sound like the soundtrack in this movie anymore. Like you, look, like, you listen to any of the soundtracks that are nominated for a Golden Globe or an Oscar, they don't sound like this anymore and it has a very distinct, like, older sound to it that just isn't necessarily the style of soundtracks anymore. But I think it also helped put the audience into the actual, like, vibe and, like, period of time that this movie was in. Like, it, I, I don't know, it just really ingratiated me into whatever time period this was, it just felt like that to yeah. me, anyway.
1: Um, yeah, and, and on the topic of how similar it sounded, as somebody who's seen the original so many absurd amount of times, um, it... It Like, literally, the amount of, like, recognition that was happening in my subconscious- I don't know how to describe it, but it's just everything sounded, like, exactly the same. And it was like every, like, note had its place, kind of, like, in the reboot versus the original. Um, They did cut out the the, um, really long overture sequence that was in the original movie which um i think i'm the only one who missed it <laughs> what was in uh, the
0: original overture
1: they had the entire like stage overture at the beginning with like a title screen and it played for like 5 minutes <laughs> and then it started with the the whistling over manhattan oh. um so it 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 it, t- it took an... It took an it's it's it 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 took its sweet time at the beginning of the original and as I was watching this, I turned to my mom. I was like, "Where's the the overture? Where is it? Like, I want it, (laughs) and I don't think anybody else needed it, um, but I did."
0: I mean, I Uh, enjoy the overture. I've been listening to the original soundtrack, especially because like there's so much going on in the score that honestly having an overture would be interesting because as you start seeing more of like all the different leitmotifs and all of the different themes for everything going on in the movie, you would have heard it in the overture before. So you would probably pick up on it more as something that's kind of important. But also, you just don't really see a lot of overtures anymore. Yeah. Which is unfortunate.
1: Um... Something I definitely appreciated about this one is all of the actors were singing their parts. I mean, it wasn't live. Because, um, like, I know that movies like like Les Miz did live singing. I think a couple of these songs were live. Like, I'm pretty sure A Boy Like That was live. Um, but they were all doing their own singing, you know? It wasn't like, like, in the original, um, They uh, at least Maria and Tony, I'm pretty sure, were dubbed. Um which like kind of disappointing. I don't think Rita Moreno was. I think she did her own singing. Um but yeah, so I I do appreciate that. Um there were a couple of like musical changes that I didn't like and I, I mean, I did notice some of the lyrics changes and I I didn't mind those. Um but like, okay. I'm going to go. Okay, so 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 we got we got cool, right? And cool In the original stage production, it's supposed to be a riff solo, right? And here, they have this amazing Tony nominee here. And then they have freaking Fault in Our Stars, right? And they're like, this would be a great idea to give the greater half of the singing in this song to the movie star and not the the Broadway star. (laughs) And I was very disappointed because... I I don't know. I just feel like they needed to um, feature their strongest singers a little bit more, and they took one of those opportunities and cut it in half to feature their their star a little bit more, even though he had like two solos already. Um, but you know, whatever. I'm not salty about it. Um, <laughs> no, and then they no, had you're not. oh, what?
0: You're not salty about it at all.
1: Absolutely not. Never. I'm, like, I'm, like, as salty as a freshwater pond.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, uh, another thing that they did, which um, was different from the original movie, was they had Somewhere sang by Rita Moreno, which was beautiful. She did a great job. But I feel like it made more sense in the original when they had it sang between Maria and Tony. Because, like... It's very—it's it, them talking about, like, how they wanted to run away and be together somewhere where all of this terrible stuff doesn't happen. It was right after the rumble. This was, like, when they're like, this is insane or whatever. Um, and it just, the fact that they didn't sing it ended up with Maria singing Tonight to Tony as he died. Which made a lot less sense than somewhere. I mean, they could have still had them sing somewhere while she died. Or while he died. (laughs) Um, You know, because when she's holding his hand as he's dying and she's singing, hold my hand and I'll take you there. It makes a lot more sense than, tonight, tonight, the world is full of light. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. As you're laying dying here right now. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it was just weird. Like, I I don't know why they couldn't have done somewhere because the way they shot it like even though Rita Moreno her character was singing it they kind of showed like all of the other characters that were still alive at that point Yeah. so it, it kind of felt like all of their songs even if they weren't the ones singing it like mm-hmm. it just felt like something that like would make sense that a character would know even if they hadn't been the one to be introducing it before
1: yeah and I mean Like Do they really need to have sung the song To sing it later Like it, 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 m- Musical logic doesn't really work that way you know It really um, doesn't But yeah so That was a thing that I had That bothered me about Tony's death But then the other thing Like I said Tony's death was a lot less sad because um, they Part of the reason was Because they cut his dialogue there He's, like, dying and he's, like... I, um... I didn't love hard enough. And Maria says, loving is enough. And he said, not here. They won't let us be, you know? Um, and so... That kind of, I think, summed up... A lot about their relationship. Um, and I mean, there's a lot about Tony that they changed... That I thought didn't make as much sense as it did in the original. Like, they changed parts of his backstory... Which kind of made him a little hypocritical at some places. They, um, and also his like weird reason for not wanting to go to the dance also affected things because then it didn't segue into something's coming as nicely. And like a lot of this stuff that they just like tweaked about him just kind of bugged me a little bit. And he needed more, um, more charisma. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tony wasn't my favorite in this version, if you can't tell. Um, but yeah.
0: Sounds like you just wanted this movie to be about Riff.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: <I'll wait. laughs>
1: I liked this Riff a lot, I gotta say, man. And I mean, you can't judge me for that because he's just objectively so much better. But no, in in the original, Tony, he stops hanging out with the Jets because he just wants to get his life on track, you know? He gets a job, he tries to clean himself up and everything. It's just, he just is doing that, you know? He didn't go to jail for almost murdering a kid or whatever. Um, and you know, he still he has, like, his family and everything. I mean, they're not in the movie, but he does mention them a couple times. So, like, he's not, like, this kind of, like outcast who has to live in the basement of the soda shop and everything. He just works there. Because he's trying to make an honest living. And he he has this thing where it's like, oh every night for the, the past few nights I've been having this dream that something, something amazing is about to happen. Um, and then Riff is like, well you should come to the dance because maybe that thing that you've been dreaming about will be, um, I think the words were twitching at the dance tonight. Um, <laughs> and then he goes could be who knows you know um, and I thought that made a lot more sense as a segue into that song than whatever Valentino was saying to him and he was like I can't go to the dance because my parole officer said not to which also doesn't make sense because like a parole officer isn't gonna say you can't go to a high school dance no it's not high school but it's out of high school you know um, but like stuff like that like little weird changes that they made. Um, because then, then when he, when he's, like, so he's already established himself as, like, being capable to kill, right? Um, and, in and, and his, like, ability to kill or whatever, he, he comes back and then immediately he goes and he kills somebody and he starts fighting and everything. And, like, the thing is, he... It, he's supposed to go to the rumble, which he had already made be a fist fight instead of a like a knife fight or anything. He he gets really guilty at just like he get he gets pushed around by Bernardo, right? And then he he squares up, and then just just at the fact that he ma- raised fists towards Bernardo makes him feel really guilty, and he backs out of the fight. And then Bernardo keeps pushing on him, and then Riff steps in to defend Tony's honor. Um, Instead of Tony coming in and like instigating the fighting and everything, because I thought that Bernardo was a lot more reasonable in this version too, Um, and yeah, it was just kind of weird.
0: Yeah, if you thought too much about the rumble, it started to fall apart. Of it, I was like, wait a minute, why are you? Why are we doing this? Like, what do you mean? This kind of goes against everything you've been saying this whole movie but like yeah i i liked the rumble for the pure drama of one person getting stabbed the other person taking the knife out of their body and stabbing the other person like drama but i agree that some of the character motivation fell apart and it was it, it was a bit awkward
1: yeah it's just that that's one of the things that just made a lot more sense in the original movie um I, did, I, I It's like, cause the, cause then it's like this guy who is trying really hard to be good Just for the sake of being good He, he witnesses basically what, what's basically his brother get murdered in front of him And then he just can't contain himself And that's what brings him to kill Mernardo Not that he's already had this seed of evil inside of him Or whatever that they were trying to do um, Cause I was kinda, I, I don't know I felt like that kinda undermined Tony's character a little bit um, and then there was- what other thing- they cut something else that made me sad that they cut- Oh! They cut this little scene between Baby John and- I think his name was A-Rab? It was another one of the Jets. It was after the rumble. Baby John is like, sitting on a wall somewhere, crying, and A-Rab comes up to him. And they have this interaction where they're both like- or where Baby John's like, I'm scared. And A-Rob's like, me too, I wish it was yesterday. And it kind of reminds you that these guys are still, like, what, late teens, early 20s-ish? They're, like, still really young. And they're all scared, and nobody meant for anybody to, like, die and everything. Like, they had these these moments with the Jets in the original, where they were talking about how... or Well, they were just, they were just being, like, scared kids. You know, which I thought was really kind of important to the story, and I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have that scene anymore. Um, I don't know. It's not, it's like, it's like a really small scene, it's not a huge deal, but I thought that it was effective, you know?
0: Yeah, and I mean, in my opinion, I just, throughout the whole movie, I got the whole idea of these are really just kids who are not in the best of circumstances, and this is how they're dealing with that, and is it the best way? No, but it's something, and all the trials and tribulations of that but so I I did get that throughout the whole movie but I would have liked to see that especially because like right after the rumble you don't really see the effect of it on the whole rest of the groups like obviously you see how it affects Anita and you see how it affects like Tony and Maria to a lesser extent but it would have been nice to kind of see that on the rest of the groups because you don't I mean, you see the 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 sharks mourning for Bernardo, but then Chino interrupts him and it's like, "Oh, got a gun." But then with the jets, you really the next time you see them is the scene where they like attack Anita and are just horrible people. So it would have been nice to have a scene that like reminds you that these are still like just kids who don't really have any other option. This is how they think that they have to live their lives.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in the original movie, they put cool after the rumble, um, which obviously meant that Riff couldn't sing it, um, (laughs) but I thought it did make a lot of sense after there, because they had the scene with the Jets, they're all, like, freaking out, and then it's Ice who ends up singing it, and he's like, hey, we gotta calm down, like, we just gotta, gotta calm down, we gotta get our heads on straight and find Tony and everything, that's what that scene is. And they didn't really have that kind of moment in this one. Um. And, and, and in this one, they were also, like, quicker to accept anybody's because of it. Um. Because, I feel like there's more, there's more of anybody's being rejected in the original, too. Like, I feel like they they were kind of a bigger role in the first one than they are in this one, you know. Yeah. Um but that th- their their um portrayal of anybody's was also interesting because um I don't know what anybody's was intended to be in the original. I but I'm I'm pretty certain in this one they are definitely intended to be um a trans man, I believe. Um because that's who's playing them and everything um and I don't know it, it was probably I, I don't think that they would have done that in 1961 um and I think mm. that that's nice to mm. include now that times have changed um because it's not, it's nice to see some like representation like that but it was all it. I mean it was it, I don't know it was kind of like almost like blink and you miss it because it like, like i I feel like I don't know because if you if you've seen the original you think that anybody's is just a tomboy like if that's just what you're conditioned to think at first it, it, I don't know I feel like it was it was good and I liked I liked it but I don't i don't know it was like it was like kind of just like... I mean, it was, it it was, I mean, Anybody's is a background character, so, like, of course it was going to be in the background. I don't know. It was a little bit, like, I guess ambiguous. Not ambiguous. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. You take it.
0: (laughs) Well, I think, well, obviously, Anybody's is a background character, so it is going to be in the background. It's Mm -hmm. not like it's the main focus of the movie. And I think Anybody's character, I I don't know how he functions in the original movie, and how much anybody shows up, but in this movie especially, he felt more like a character that would pop in when the audience kind of, like, needed someone to, like, kind of show them what's going on from a different perspective from e- from everything else. That's not a good way of describing it, but anyway. uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel like it wasn't so much blink and you miss it, it was more so just subtle development of it where Mm -hmm. if you're not really paying attention or you're just focusing on other things like you can still kind of grasp what's happening but at the same time it's like oh this is just another part of the movie because again anybody's a background character so you're generally more focused on other things going on but i think it's just Also, the time period of this movie, they really wouldn't have had, like, the same, like, vocabulary and general understanding of identity in the way that we do now. So it kind of makes sense that it was developed in the way that it was because having a more, like, explicit way of showing that representation, I feel like almost wouldn't have been as well done because it would have felt very deliberate and like, oh, look, here's a thing we're doing where... The way they did it at this time just felt like it was just natural in the story.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good point about the the vocab because I it it might have yeah it might have been more obvious if it was like set now ish because they would have been like probably using more language that we do now. Um, I did they were they were definitely more sensitive about certain things in their lyrics of songs particularly in G. Officer Skrupki which I think we mentioned earlier. Um, so it was it was nice to see some more like I guess social awareness. Um, especially since this <laughs> this version of the movie didn't use any um what brown face?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean to my knowledge they didn't. I I oh,
1: I would I would be shocked. Um like, you CANNOT do that. You, like, now, it, absolutely not. I, I mean, they got away with it in 1961. Um, but like, you know, Rena Moreno was talking about how, I mean, she's Puerto Rican. And they were putting her in dark brown makeup. <laughs> to, to Because cause they wanted her to be darker, I guess, and it's like, that's, that's high-key messed up person, but whatever. None of that?
0: Mm, yeah. No. Mm-mm.
1: Um they okay, they put the girl from Dance Moms in this movie for like 0.2 seconds. I'm sorry, I'm staring at the cast right now and she's she's third she's third on the list. She's above Rita Moreno in this cast.
0: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Um yeah, so she's just been Maddie Maddie Ziegler has been staring back at me on my iPad this whole time. Um whoa sorry, I, I need to talk about something in a second. Um, <laughs> but she, I don't know, she wasn't the, in the scenes that she had, she wasn't the best actress, and in the dances that she was in, she wasn't the best dancer, and I feel like that's the only reason she was cast, which was kind of random. I was like, honestly, see, it's like, you don't notice her if you don't know who she is, but as somebody who's like watched a lot of Dance Moms, I thought she was kind of distracting. <laughs> Because every time she was on screen, I was like, Oh my god, it's the girl from Dance Moms!
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm gonna be honest, have really never watched Dance Moms, has no idea who's who this person is.
1: Yeah, exactly. She wasn't a standout or anything. They didn't even give her like a dance solo or anything. She just kind of existed. Um, and no, what I noticed when I was l- inspecting this cast just now was... Um, Officer Krepke was played by Brian Darcy James who is um Shrek <laughs> in Shrek the Musical and I, I he I was a big fan of him when I first discovered Shrek the Musical when I was little um so I was gonna be in Shrek the Musical and I I learned like half of a Scottish accent when I was like 11 <laughs> because of him um And yeah, I did not know that! That's so cool! He does not look like Shrek in his picture!
0: I think... Wait, can you say his name again? Brian Darcy James? I think... He was the dad in 13 Reasons Why.
1: Oh, let me click on him. I'll click on his face, mm -hmm. and we'll see. Yeah, Um, he was. He was?
0: Yep, and he was in Spotlight too. Oh! That's cool.
1: I just know him from. (laughs) Um, Oh, they also had they also had a guy who was um, one of the one of the random jets, Um, Kyle Allen. He was in. um, What is it? The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. I watched that on um, Valentine's Day while I was alone last year. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it was in my it was in my um my my movie marathon that I do every February fourteenth. Um, because it, it and I wouldn't really call it a, a romance movie, but it had just come out and it has a little bit of like romanciness. Um, and it's like I thought it was really good. I thought it was really cool. It's got um, oh what's her name? Oh my gosh, she's she was just cast as um. Cassie Lang, Catherine Newton um, was his co-star. I thought it was really good. It's like a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes, but I would recommend it. I thought it was cool. Um, Anyways, (laughs) yeah, he was in this. He was kind of random, but he was in it. Um, Yeah.
0: There were people. In this movie.
1: <laughs> there were a lot of people who were like good. I'm I was okay, well I don't know if I can call Ansel Elgore a good person because of allegations. And I don't know which are facts. I don't know how much of it is true or not. I don't know whose word to take, but I have taken it as permission to dislike him as a person. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I usually accept. Uh, I don't know because I feel like it would be easy. It would. It would. It, it, I could see both sides of like a star. Like taking it, like taking advantage of their power over a fan. Um, sorry for seriousness, but taking taking advantage of their power role over a fan, and you know, assaulting somebody, and then I can see also a. Obsessed fan Like making an allegation to get attention Or anything But I don't think that that is as Like what I don't think that would be Nearly as common because like it's Statistically proven that fake Um What is it fake allegations fake accusals Or what you would call them Um are Very very Low in percentage Compared to like real ones um, and so I, I don't know what to think about this, but I, I, I did see there was like, <laughs> there were a couple articles that were like, West Side Story ignores the Ansel Elgort problem. And I'm like, mm. and he's like, he's like, I don't know. I, I wonder if, I wonder if it made Rachel Zegler uncomfortable, you know, cause what Rachel be. Zegler was like 17 when she was cast oh she's 20 now so he he was like 24 and she was like 17 um and and you know these allegations are obviously public so I, I don't know if I were her I would have felt uncomfortable
0: yeah and I, I saw some of those articles too and I know there were some people talking about how like there were maybe calls to boycott the movie, which I think is a little unfair given the amount of people that also worked on this movie. Yeah. Because I'm not saying I support any alleged behavior by Ansel Elgafort. El- <sighs> However, a lot of work went into this movie, so I just feel like it, it it's a lot to say boycott this movie because of one person when there's so much talent by so many other people that you could be appreciated in this movie. I mean, if nothing else, just look at all those sets. We haven't talked about that. But I'm sorry, as a stage crew nerd, (laughs) this movie was very pleasing to me. Okay, just it, it looked so nice all the time. And, like, I think Steven Spielberg got, like, a whole, like, New York City block and <laughs> threw it into the 1950s and just, okay, that's pretty cool, moving on, but Jenna, loved it.
1: Jenna, it was a little hard to see the set behind all those lens flares.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, y- you are correct. However, <laughs> when you could see the set.
1: <laughs> it was, okay, yeah, I the set was amazing. It was cinematically, it was really pretty. It was really nice to look at, except there was a, a, a severe overuse of lens flares. It was in every single scene, anywhere there was a light source. <laughs> there were like sparkles around it. I'm um, like, I know you're trying to make it romantic or whatever, but right now people are like stabbing each other. You can ease it a little bit, you know? Or, or there, there was just like one scene, they were like eating breakfast. <laughs> It's like a sparkle by his face. I was like, it's, okay, you can you can ease it back a little bit. You know? Like, let, let Bernardo eat his eggs without blinding him with flashing lights. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, the set was cool enough that you didn't need all the lens flares. Yeah. Like, you could have cooled it down a bit. <laughs> Use those when it is thematically and symbolically appropriate and impactful. Do not use them all the time when you when your movie already looks good and has enough going on in it already that your audience doesn't need them. Yeah, you can it, it let truly, go.
1: It truly would have been fine um, without them.
0: No one would have noticed.
1: <laughs> I would n- I would not have missed if you had cut out like 70% of the lens flares. You know what I mean? But it's fine. It's fine. I'll I'll let it pass.
0: Um. Anyway, yeah, I've just been sitting here for the past hour, and my light <laughs> switch is all the way across the room, and because it gets dark so early now, um, my room is totally dark.
1: Oh no! And I'm just sitting
0: here with my computer open.
1: Um, are you afraid of the dark?
0: Nope, I'm just chilling here, but I probably look <laughs> a little weird.
1: <laughs> um. Well, yeah. Anyway, I feel like that's most of my 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 thoughts on West Side Story. As a personally like obsessed obsessive West Side Story fan, I, I I shall not continue to to bore you. Um,
0: <laughs> As someone who has been around Ava for the past few days, I can tell you that she's lying a little bit, and that this is barely a drop in the bucket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no. Um, we were supposed to record this a few days ago, but the software that we used to record it wasn't working for some reason. So I have since been speaking to Jenna about this movie for a few days. Um,
0: She's and- learning the soundtrack on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> um, she knew, she knows the whole Jet song, and she did it by listening to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it the the jet song has been playing in my subconscious for the past like thirteen hours.
0: It, it has been stop. in mine too, and I wonder why.
1: <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So I recommend you go see West Side Story. It was really good. Obviously, there were some things that I didn't like, but I don't want I don't want you to dwell on all my nitpicks because I do have many nitpicks. But that's just because. It has a very dear place in my heart um, cause it, it was a very good Movie, as a remake It was very good, um Does it live up to the original? Eh, I don't know, but like, I don't think it was necessarily Trying to replace it Um, so yeah I recommend you go see it Um, don't go for Ansel Elgort Um, go for Mike Fights
0: Go for literally anything else <laughs>
1: Um, yeah And just yeah, yeah, just, just just, be salty with me that Ariana DeBose got a nomination and not Mike Feist, you know? Just just join me in that. Well, don't be salty
0: about Ariana DeBose specifically, because she was very good and deserved it.
1: Well, yes, she deserved it, but I feel like... <laughs> I feel like multiple people deserved it, and multiple people got it, except those multiple people weren't necessarily the multiple people I was
0: thinking of, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Um anyways. So, so
0: Ava, do do we want to say or, or watching next week?
1: <gasps> yeah, oh my god. So after doing this podcast or this channel for like I mean, technically, it's like over a year at this point. Even though we had a hiatus there. Jen and I have never gone to the movie theater together. And we're doing never. that on Saturday.
0: Well wait, no, 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 wait. Technically, Technically, we saw Free Guy together, but it was also (gasps) with, like, ten other people.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. But we're, okay, this time it's just gonna be me, Jenna, and my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I've never met
0: your mom before.
1: Oh my gosh, you're gonna meet my mom now. So, Mm. yeah, we're gonna see um, Spider-Man No Way Home, and we're gonna talk about that next week. So stay tuned for that. And I'm sure Ava
0: will also have feelings about a certain cast member in it. (laughs)
1: Okay, here's the thing This weekend on on Friday um, Which I think is when this episode is going to be coming out I'm seeing West Side Story again On Saturday I'm seeing uh, Spider-Man with Jenna And then on Sunday I'm seeing (laughs) Spider-Man With my mom, and my sister Um, And so I'm just You know, I'm just going to be a frequent flyer At my movie theater this weekend Going for three for three Um, But, you know, it's fine I'm perfectly healthy And... Yeah, I just I just like to frequent my happy place. You know what I mean.
0: <laughs> live, live, laugh, watch movies.
1: Exactly. Um. Anyways, yeah. So if you wanna hear what we have to say about Spider-Man, make sure you come back next week. I think we're switching our upload date to Fridays um, instead of Wednesdays, which. I don't know if that affects your life in any way. It probably doesn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so stick around for that. You can um, follow us on different social media platforms uh, in our description below. We're still trying to figure out what to do with our Instagram. Not going to lie. Our Twitter, sometimes I tweet on it. It's fine. And then, oh <laughs> I my, mean, wait, no. But the guy, the guy liked our tweet that one time. Remember?
0: Yes, I was there.
1: I was very excited. David and liked my tweet. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, so you can follow us there, you can follow us on TikTok, um, all that good stuff, and then like, comment, subscribe, whatever you want to do here, it really does help our channel, if you're not on YouTube right now, hello, you can probably follow us on wherever you are right there, and if you want to see, like, video content from us, which we're going to start posting again, um, definitely subscribe, it really does mean a lot, it helps out our channel a ton, um, and yeah, cause we love we love making this content for you guys, and I hope that you guys love watching it. <laughs> um. Anyways, guys, this was really fun. Um, it's glad I'm glad to be back. Um, and I think Jenna, are you glad to be back? <laughs> yes. Great. Um, and yeah, so go see West Side Story. Um. Appreciate the cast, except for Ansel Elgort. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Jenna, anything to add?
0: You know, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, I wish some things looked like this movie looked like. Like, just, some days, don't you just want to be walking down New York City and all of a sudden, the street just turns into 1950. Like, don't don't you just wish that happened to you? Or am I just weird? Don't sure, answer that.
1: Sure, but like, I feel like the lens flares would be really hard for anybody wearing glasses. Hmm. Um, well anyways. Okay, bye!